Welcome to Recovering Gleek, a podcast for all of your complicated feelings about the TV show Glee. Hey friends, it's Ian from TV's The Recovering Gleek colon Ugly Podcast. When Lena and I first decided to make this podcast, we quickly realized we had literally zero idea of how to make that happen. Thankfully, a friend of ours recommended the podcasting platform Anchor. Anchor is free. It has all of the tools you need to record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer. You can even add songs from Spotify into it. And the absolute most amazing thing about Anchor is that they will distribute your podcast for you. So anywhere that you listen to Recovering Gleek, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever weird third-party app you're using... It is there because Anchor put it there. And the icing on the cake is that you can make money from your podcast through Anchor with no minimum listenership. All you have to do is record an ad, which is why I am recording an ad right now, because I want money very badly. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Come Monday, it'll be the mini-sode. I didn't think through these lyrics. Come Monday, I'll be listening to the mini-sode. I spent four lonely days in a no-podcast haze. And I just want you mm-hmm. back by my side. Yay. You being the podcast. Yes. Which is back by your side right now yes. with mini-sode number 24. What song was that? That was Come Monday by Jimmy Buffett. Cool. I do love Jimmy Buffett. Mm. Whenever... um. Uh, my friend Caden and I, whenever we have margaritas, we always say, happy birthday, Jimmy Buffett, anytime we have a margarita. <laughs> or it's like, oh, happy birthday, Jimmy Buffett. And it's so funny because it was like National Margarita Day. And we were like, wouldn't it be so funny if Jimmy Buffett's birthday was National Margarita Day? Is it? It's not. It's Christmas. <laughs> oh, my God. His birthday's Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Jimmy Buffett. Happy birthday, Jimmy Buffett. I'm going to have a margarita today for Wasting sure. Wasting away in... Christmasville. I know. That was a bad joke. <laughs> I I panicked and was like, "What? How can I make this land? It didn't land." Oh, funny. Are you ready to get into this minisode? I am, Jimmy. Are you? I am Buffett. Thank Thanks you for asking. You're welcome. Okay, let's party first and foremost. Let's get this white elephant out of the room. Someone's going to ask us a question about sour up first. You guys, don't worry about it. We are going to talk about sour right here, right now. So let's have James ask us our questions. But Jimmy, let's not put the sour before the horse. People don't know who we are. We got to introduce ourselves. (laughs) I'm ready to talk about sour. Goodness (laughs) sakes. We truly, you guys, like put your pitchforks and torches down. We got so (laughs) So many many requests for sour. (laughs) We will talk about it. But first, hello, everyone. My name is Buffett. I'm a mini gleek. Uh, I do also go by the name Ian Allred as well. My name is Jimmy. Sometimes um, my birthday isn't uh, Margarita Day. It is Christmas. Um, (laughs) So, But most of the time I go by Lena and I am mostly a mini gleek. All right. Well, Jimmy, now let's get to James. Yeah, let's get to James. Let's talk about some sour. <laughs> hey, Lena. Hey, Ian. I'm James. He and Phonance from Scotland. International listener! Uh, and Sour by Olivia Rodrigo came out this week, and I have been, like, streaming it all week. So, A, uh, I want to know your thoughts on that, if you have listened to it. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. I recommend. And B... So I, well, I started, well, actually, I I started thinking about what um, Marvel characters applied to the songs, but then on Sour, but that got really sad because, like, you know, Starkey and WandaVision, and then I was like, well, I had to switch. So now we're doing what Glee characters do you think would sing Sour, songs on Sour? Oh, that's a mouthful. Um... So yeah, what are you guys' thoughts, basically? Uh, I love the podcast. Uh, vote Quinn for Bray for Prom Queen. Um, yeah, uh, bye. I guess, I don't know how it ends. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> James, you are truly the voice of a generation. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not an exaggeration. We had dozens of people ask us this exact question. Yeah. <laughs> 
So let's get into it. I have I have um character slash like couple for nearly every song. So should we just go down the line and say who we assign? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. So let's start with God. It's It's brutal brutal out here. Or should we say our thoughts on the album first? Spoiler alert. Both of us really Really hated it. it. What? (laughs) What? Oh. You hate it? Yeah. No, I don't. No. I know. No, no, no. I was playing along. Um, No, we both. Because we've talked about it. Can you tell? I've never done improv before. We both genuinely really liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Let's talk about brutal. God, (laughs) it's brutal out here. Um, So. Oh, my God. Yes. I totally, I was going to, I put a placeholder in here. Is it like a joke placeholder? I said me. Oh, <laughs> I have a placeholder that's me as well. Shut up. Dude, I literally, I listened to this song. I was like, this song was written for me. And there's another album, the song on Sour, that when I was listening to it, I was like, I'm the Glee character who sings this. Yes. This song was written about me. <laughs> I know, literally. Um, I feel that way about a few of them. Um, that th- I didn't put a character though. I just put me. So who okay. did you put? So Jimmy, uh, also known the artist, also known formerly known as Lena Knatzer, is going to be performing "Brutal." Yes. I said that it is either Santana, mm, and it is Santana yeah. around this time in the show. Yeah, absolutely. When like. She is just like rejecting the feelings that she's having. Hi, everyone. My computer just stopped recording uh, because I ran out of space, which makes no sense because I deleted so many things last night. But I just deleted some more stuff and hopefully it doesn't stop recording again. Ooh. Thankfully, uh, we noticed literally immediately. Yeah. Um. So I think I had just said that Santana was saying brutal yeah. or... Quinn, spoiler alert, skip 30 yeah, seconds, uh-huh. beginning of season three when she's in in, in her she's the skanks phase. phase. Yeah. A lot of people said that and I was like, mm, let's I was trying to keep it like as much this time oh, as possible. Yeah. I got spoilery with okay. not, not many of them, okay. but like I think there's okay. there's for sure one, maybe two that are spoilers beyond that. Yeah. But this one is very skank Quinn for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about traitor. Great. Who do you have? What's who's singing Trader? Artie. <gasps> Ooh, give me yeah. the context. So, and especially the episode that we recorded, um, the episode that's going to come up, come out this weekend. Yes. Um, whatever that one was, but Artie confronts Brittany about like Brittany essentially cheating on him, yeah. and like that is so like you're still a traitor. <gasps> That's such really a good so pick. so cute. Thank you. What did you pick? Puts my pick to shame because I even wrote, I wrote, this is a stretch. <laughs> I said, Quinn back half of season one about Finn and Rachel. Okay. You know, like you talked to her and we were together. You didn't cheat, but you're still a traitor. Although he did cheat because he kissed her, but Quinn yeah. doesn't know that. But I was like, but Quinn 100% like did some really obviously bad stuff in that relationship. So it is like kind of a stretch for her, her to be like, how dare you Quinn? I mean, in Finn, yeah. even though I like lied to you for months and months and months. Absolutely. So it is Absolutely. a stretch. Yours works a lot better. Okay. Do you have something for driver's license? That is not the obvious. Well, we said a couple of weeks ago that. Oh, that's right. Santana would sing, but I do have. I think the obvious in here, which is Rachel, Rachel Berry. Yeah. Yeah. Season two. Yeah. Finn is dating Quinn so much older than her. Everything she's self-conscious about that yeah. blonde girl. There you that go. That blonde girl. It's all about her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for sure. Um, one step forward and three steps back. How about that one? I have Brittany singing it about Santana during Dude, this time. I have the same <gasps> thing. Yes. Yeah. When Santana is like, Brittany, I, I sings landslide to her, sing songbird to her. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm dating Sam. I'm totally. dating Karofsky. I don't know what I was thinking when yeah, I told you absolutely. those things. Like we have a lot of like Brittany, like kind of trying to out Santana, but truly her being like, uh, like, why can't we move forward mm-hmm. here? You know, it, why it's is it very, one step forward and three steps? Literally. Back? I'm the love of your life until I make you mad. Mm-hmm. Amaze. Perfect. Um, how about Deja Vu? Okay, Deja Vu is the one where we were doing this and I was like, 
I have nothing for Deja Vu, but I know I need to have something mm-hmm. because it's the second most famous song on the album. So, my Deja Vu, the episode no. is season one, episode 14, Hello. No. This scene, Will Hello. Schuster's apartment. No. Terry, it's not Will. Terry has just walked in and found out he's having a movie night with Emma and they're watching the movie. They're having mm-hmm. the same movie night that she would always have with Will. And then Terry she leaves said, the apartment and she sings Deja Vu. And you better believe she is singing watching reruns of Glee. <laughs> and it's not going to make any sense. Also, <laughs> also. So when Deja Vu was released, everyone lost their minds. Yes, because myself included. Because did you know Olivia Rodrigo's a Gleek? She talks about how she and Joshua Bassett used to watch reruns of Glee. But did you know that's a big fat lie? Olivia Rodrigo has never seen an episode of Glee. <gasps> she said in an interview that that lyric was just her trying to think of like a quirky thing a couple would do and that she has never actually seen Glee. What? Yeah. Are you kidding I'm sorry to shatter everyone's world. I mean, she's still very talented. She's still wonderful. She is not a Gleek, though. That is so funny. <laughs> Alas, who do you have singing Deja Vu? I have Rachel singing it about Quinn, especially when, like, Finn is in bed with Mono, and she's like, did you, like, get fireworks when we kissed? You know? And she's like, and did you get Deja Vu when, when she's, she's with, with you? you? Yeah. Um, up next, I have, good for you. All right, so my good for you is Artie. Okay, my good for you is Terry. Yeah! <laughs> um, it's Artie either about Tina at the beginning of season two when she's with Mike and she's all happy and mm-hmm. he's like, I'm such a loser. Yeah, oh yeah. That's or a good one. it's Brittany right now when she has just broken up with him and is like kind of maybe sort of involved with Santana in some capacity. Yes, uh-huh. I also have, side note, um, Sam about literally every woman in this club like he cannot <laughs> he, catch a break he truly through the course of this show dates nearly every single lead female character but only for like three episodes yeah like man uh, do you have a favorite don't tell me what it is my favorite Sam relationship I do Um, I don't think I do oh wait no I do I have one don't tell me. It's probably the same as yours. Probably. It's the superior one. Of course. We I mouthed it to her. We are in agreement. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay. How about Enough For You? Big spoiler. Hit the fast forward button. Enough For You is sung by Kurt in season four after Blaine cheats on him. Um, What's yours? Rachel. She, uh, say, she has a line that's like, um, the other prom queens that you like. Yeah, oh, that's true. It's Rachel. I just couldn't in good conscience, conscience give Rachel more than one song on this album. Oh, I mean, it's pretty rachel to me. Well, and it's because the show dedicates so much time to just Rachel mm-hmm. and her relationships and her opinions of other people's relationships. And it just like bothers me how sidelined the other characters are. And so I like made it a point. I was like, driver's license is Rachel. The whole internet yeah. talked about it. I can't <laughs> give it to someone else. But I was like, that's the only song Rachel's getting from me. So there, you are correct. That, it works perfectly for Rachel. A lot of them do. I yeah. just, on a point of principle, refuse to assign them to I her. No, I hear that. And I think you're very noble. Thank you. I don't, I mean, I don't want to call myself a hero. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about happier? You're going to love this. Oh, I, well, do we have the same one? I don't think so. Oh, what, did, what do you have? Maybe we do. <gasps> Happier is you beginning of season two. <gasps> Will Schuster singing about Emma and Carl? <laughs> but honestly, Stop. hear me out. It would be awful. I'm not denying it would be terrible. But listen to the lyrics of that song and picture Will singing about seeing Emma in a healthy relationship with someone oh, else. Sure, and sure. it fits perfectly. No, I hear that. I have um, Quinn about Rachel, specifically um, her trying to be like, no, you can't have Finn. You need to go off and be happy somewhere else. Mm. That's what I have. Okay. Okay, how about jealousy, jealousy? So jealousy is sung by me. It's the song that <laughs> was like, 
it's yeah it's the song that i listened to and was like olivia yeah. stop reading my journal <laughs> I know. um but in, you sing that song about me though right yes 100 percent. i'm sure um are you jealous of me ever don't answer that question <laughs> <laughs> do not answer that question <laughs> um but in the world of glee it is sung by either tina or mercedes Mm-hmm. Um, a, because they're just sidelined all the time. And B, because they are sidelined, a lot of the Mercedes plots mm-hmm. are about like, why is Rachel such a better star than me when I'm more talented than her? And then Tina in like season three, I like minor spoilers, starts to get kind of irritated by how she's always sidelined. And yeah. then that continues through the rest of the yeah, show. That totally. becomes like Tina's shtick is that she like gets really annoyed at not getting what she thinks she deserves. Totally. I I said Tina or uh, Rachel about Quinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about favorite crime? Just before we say favorite crime, I did not do anything for Hope You're Okay. Did you do someone? No. Okay. Because Hope You're Okay feels like so specific to Olivia Rodrigo's life and like people that she knew personally that I couldn't get yeah, it to fit like, it all in glee in, don't put it in glee yeah and yeah. you know that ryan murphy would still put it in glee and yes. like would add new characters that like had the personality traits that she described mm-hmm. that seems really sketchy and i don't like yeah. it uh-huh. <laughs> we're not uh-huh. doing it um so favorite crime who do you have i have either brit about santana or quinn about rachel slash this is uh wanda maximoff for sure hey oh james <laughs> we heard that first question um, my first thought immediately was oh favorite crime is about wanda and vision favorite crime for me is right where we are in the show right now sam singing about both oh. quinn and santana after he has been cheated on by both of them yeah. in succession he sings Poor favorite thing. crime about both of it's them it's been like two months i know can't catch Poor a break thing. can't catch a break well that's the end of our olivia rodrigo hour um, who false gleek Olivia false Rodrigo. Gleek, that really is sad. We should get her on the podcast. We should. We This is a new, it's going to be one of those podcasts where it's like one of the people has seen the TV show and the <laughs> other one Olivia. hasn't. But it's like two of the people have seen the TV show and the third one is Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> and that's the new concept. <laughs> and the, and the third one is Olivia Rodrigo. <gasps> Olivia. Everyone tweet Olivia Rodrigo. Right Just now, kidding. Get on the Don't <laughs> harass her, please. She is lovely. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, let's go on to the next one. Up next, we have a message from Lucas. Hey, Lena and Ian. Uh, Lucas, he, him. Uh, I'm like 10 minutes into your podcast or something. And I just want to point out that, like, in January, I sent a really long, weird email saying you guys should listen to Watch Joy and the Phantoms. Because I know Ian would love the song Allies on Me. And I just want to say, I can predict the future now. Because I I told you this in January. It's like, what, May now? Almost June? I called it. Yeah. So, you're welcome. I was probably the reason you fell in love with Allies on Me. Because you just remembered that one email I sent, like, five months ago. Alright, bye. Lucas, I have the receipts right in front of me. You are correct. The date, January 28th. Mm-hmm. The subject line, what's up? <laughs> but that's why you like it so much. That's why. Because Lucas is so influential. Uh-huh. Here's the line right here. Also, Lena, I do agree that Ian should watch Julie and the Phantoms. I think Ian would fall in love with the song All Eyes on Me. Mm-hmm. Please post a reaction on TikTok or something. I'm so sorry. We totally didn't even do that. We did not post Rude. a reaction on TikTok because I didn't remember that part of the email, but my subconscious probably did remember yeah. the first part. Dirty Candy is the best, right? Yes, they are. I knew you would. You love, you love like a mean girl. I do. I love a mean girl. That's why you like me so much. Uh huh. Lena is the meanest person I've ever met. She's so rude to everyone. Yeah. Everyone I would when they meet, not me. hang out with you if you were mean to people. <laughs> I don't think I'm mean. Lucas, thank you so much for your message. So glad that you were so influential on freaking Ian, and I'm glad that you love that song, Ian, because it's the shrewdly. Um, up next, we have a message from Trevor. Okay, hi, Lena and Ian. Um, I'm Trevor. He can pronouns. So, what do you both think of, think of Sour by Olivia Rodrigo? And then also, um, in the podcast, you guys talked about how um, 
there like a brief moment of like adults playing teenagers, not that in depth, but like whatever. So I was wondering, what do you think of the Dear Evan Hansen trailer and Ben Platt? And with that, I was wondering how well do you think it's going to like translate to screen, like from the stage musical, and like basically just what it's about, I guess. Um, yeah. Love your podcast. Have a great, fun day. And have a fun time. Thank you, Trevor. Trevor, I hope you have a fun time, too. <laughs> um, okay, number one. We cannot comment on Sour. We have not listened to it yeah. yet. Uh, but tune in next week when Olivia Rodrigo joins our podcast as our permanent third co-host. Yes. She will be talking in depth about the writing two, process. Two people who have seen the TV show. A third person third who person wrote the album Olivia Sour. Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift's daughter. Um, number one, sour. Never heard of it. Number two, adults playing teens. I am pro adults playing teens, but to a point. Like there are like um, like do I I want to be in Heather's musical? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Am I twenty four years old? Yes. Give me a break. Yeah. Like I could play a teenager, and also I think depends on the content that the the teenagers are portraying. Because mm-hmm. like I personally do not want to watch High School Musical the musical the series with these like real genuine teenagers. Yes. And them going through actual real genuine teenage emotions. Like that feels a little too much for me. Do you catch my drift? Yes. Yeah, um, I have, like, frankly, we've joked about it that, like, the Glee cast is adults. It genuinely does not bother me. I don't, it doesn't bother me and either. And like you said, I prefer it because, like, some of the content they have to do, if it was actual teenagers, yeah. it would be, like, borderline illegal. Absolutely. Um, But with Dear Evan Hansen, it is not so much that Ben Platt is not a teenager. It is more so that the rest of the cast, whether they are teenagers or not, look like teenagers. Mm-hmm. And Ben Platt looks like an undercover cop who's trying to 21 Jump Street High School. And the problem I have mostly with it is I think personally it makes me upset that Ben Platt has the role, not because of how old he is, but because of how old he is and his dad is producing the movie. Mark... Literally, like, that's the reason he has it. We have, mm-hmm. like, people who have been, like, Jordan Fisher just finished up. Andrew Barth Feldman yes. looks like he's 15. Exactly. He's perfect for the role. And the woman that's playing uh, Zoe. Uh-huh. She, she? She's super young. Y- yeah. Hold up. What is her name? I know she's in Booksmart. Continue. Yeah, it makes me less mad that he's so old, more mad that he is so old and his dad's producing the movie. And I don't think he would be on the table if his dad wasn't producing mm-hmm. the movie. You know, like, didn't he also win a Tony for? Yes, he did. So like, give him a break. My God. I don't know. So I feel funny about it. Personally, it makes my tummy hurt. What did you find out? Um, Caitlin Deaver is 24. So she is three years She's younger than age. him. But yeah, she looks significantly younger than yes, he looks. Absolutely. That's the weird part is that he looks like a full grown adult because like a straight up people joke about Greece all the time. And it's true. Everyone in Greece, the movie is in their 30s. Um, but it, I have never I've always looked past it because mm-hmm. they all are in their 30s. Yeah, it is. the Exactly. Fact that it's a he's group of 30 year olds. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes it weird to me. Yeah. How do we think it's going to go? Personally, I have high hopes for it. I would like it to be good. I really like Dear Evan Hansen personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know how successful it will be like coming across on screen. I have high hopes. I will see it. I'm excited. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, I've kind of given up all hope of movie musicals. It's more like... If it's good, let it be a surprise. Like, I will oh, continue sure. to see them. But I've been burned too many times. Sure. I will say, in the Heights, my oh, hopes I'm are pumped. sky high. Yeah. And it is like Lin-Manuel Miranda was very involved in the process. Yeah. And, like, the trailer looks very good. So that one I do have a lot of confidence in. But for the most part, stage-to-screen adaptions, I just, I see them because I'm curious. I don't expect much out of them. I hear that. I hear that. I am I am excited for it. Um yeah. Well, Trevor, thank you so much for your message. Up next, we have an email from Sophie. Hi, Lena and Ian. 
I listened to the Born This Way episode and I have some thoughts. First of all, and I've been meaning to say this since your sexy minisode, holy hell, Lena, your version of Landslide, I'd pay good money for a full version of that and I'm not even kidding. Put that shit on Bandcamp and I'll be on it faster than Zaddy Schuster on a woman he wants to fix. (laughs) Anyway, Born This Way. On the nose job of it all, I agreed with all your observation and I observations, and I just like to add that it's always made me super uncomfortable when the show actively compared Rachel and Quinn in this Jewish versus Eurocentric beauty standards kind of way. Less Hebraic, more Fabraic is, gotta admit it, a funny line, but this dichotomy they establish between Rachel and Quinn is so weird when you think about how Diana Agron is also Jewish. She's also Ashkenazi, which is where most of the Jewish stereotypes like big noses come from. So the way the show has Quinn say so many anti-Semitic things while presenting her in opposition to a, quote, stereotypical Jewish girl is so uncomfortable. On the Faberry side of things, man did this episode deserve the Faberry Watch jingle. I wonder how do you feel about the queer baiting of it all and the fact that as a result, certain parts of the fandom straight up ignored the actual queer girl represent- representation mm. the show had. I often don't know how much to blame Ryan Murphy and company because I do believe they knew what they were doing with Faberry. They knew people would read the subtext. But then again, the show did eventually have Br- Brittany and Santana come out and be in a loving relationship and while that doesn't negate the queer baiting it is real representation and I feel like a lot of people ignore that in favor of Faberry. not that people can't like both but I've seen people dismiss Britanna and declare Faberry superior which is like huh bestie you've been queer baited I get it <laughs> I like Faberry too and it lives on in Lena's heart and mine but it wasn't real in the sense that Britanna was so when I see people diminish the actual queer relationship we got it's disheartening sorry if that didn't make much sense so many feelings on this that's all my messy thoughts I have for you now but I'm sure I'll have more after rumors take care and sending much love Sophie she her Sophie thank you so much I think that is something to like definitely note that like and even myself, like, I get, like, very caught up in the queer baiting and very caught up in, like, the faberied of it all that it's, like, easy to dismiss what's going on with Britannia. Yeah. But I think the reason why I, as at least in this part of the show, why I'm more, like, interested in the faberry of it, and I wouldn't even say I'm more interested in it. It's just... I feel very conflicted about Santana and Brittany, um, specifically with like, you know, her like gaslighting Brittany into thinking that she's not cheating on Artie. You know, like it just feels like kind of dubious to me. And so like I often do like kind of at least in this moment, like kind of you know, get very excited about the queer baiting and I'm, I'm being actively queer baited, you know? Yeah. I also... I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think that a lot of like what draws people to fandoms and especially like fan fictiony areas of fandoms is feeling like you have agency in this world that you love so much. Oh yeah. And feeling like you can kind of like mold it and make your own universe out of it. And so I think that, you know, sometimes people have a tendency to when something is clearly established in the show, be like, well, that's already clearly established. I want to make my own yes, new thing. Absolutely. And so people get very excited about Faberry because it's just like looking for hints and kind of like interpreting things yourself and putting your own fingerprint on the mm-hmm. show because it's never explicitly stated. So you can be like, oh, in my We're brain. Sleuthing. Yeah, like I'm a detective and I have my own writing credit on this show. This scene is actually meant this way. Yeah. Um, which I think is like totally fine and healthy, but I do, I do understand what Sophie is saying that then people get so excited about feeling like they ha- are an active part of this world, um, in this like, you know, like subtext headcanon yes. case that they then hold like their headcanon because they helped create it is so dear to them mm-hmm. that they value it more than like what the writers actually put in the show. Yeah. And it can lead to what Sophie was saying where it's like, Britannia was like an actual out lesbian couple on this show. Yes, absolutely. And yet people just talk about Faberry all the time, which was like never actually canon in the show. Yeah, absolutely. You're so smart. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Sophie, thank you so much for pointing that out. I think it's definitely something 
to think about going forward. Um, up next, we have a message from Tessa. Hey guys, um, it's Tessa, and I just finished listening to the podcast, and I'm surprised you guys didn't talk about this big plot hole with the whole Lucy Caboosey thing. Um, when Quinn reveals that the kids made fun of her and gave her a nickname, Lauren thinks something like, um, what, Juicy, Lucy Juicy or something. She doesn't know that her nickname was Lucy Caboosey, which Quinn quickly tells her that was her nickname. If that's the case, how did Lauren know her nickname and was able to put it on all those posters in the hallway? Or do you think this is a plot hole or do you think that Lauren actually did know the um the nickname? Anyway, I don't know how to explain this right, so I hope that made sense. Okay, bye. Tessa, that made complete sense. Mm-hmm. Um do I think that the writer's intention was that Lauren already knew? Absolutely no. not. They're huge idiots. No, no way. Now, I think that was a plot hole that they just like happened to like stumble upon. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and like, I'm sure um, Ashley Fink was like, you know, I'm just going to egg her on. Yeah. But I don't think that they meant it to be that way. But I do love, I do love a, a headcanon that Lauren either A, already knew about Lucy Kabusi, but wanted to make Quinn admit it herself uh-huh. or even more fun. Lauren Lauren had like (laughs) Becky on speed dial and she would like Becky had like the Photoshop up and it was like vote for blank Mm -hmm. and she was like okay Becky I'm about to talk to Quinn when she says anything embarrassing about herself I need you to type it up print it put it on the wall and so like those last 30 seconds of the scene what's happening in the hallways is becky like printing the poster sprinting (laughs) pushing people out of the way slapping it onto the wall i love that that's fun um thank you so much tessa (laughs) Uh, up next we have a message from cora hi lena and ian my name is cora my pronouns are she her and i'm from saskatchewan international listeners I just wanted to hop in here with uh, with a glee thought of a glot. <laughs> Here's my glot. I'm the same age as y'all. And it's wild to me when I hear people talk about glee who were young when it came out, like young, young, eight or 10. I think we were the prime glee generation because we were young enough to be swept into it, but old enough to get most of the jokes. And we were the same age as the characters, which was really special. And we were also obnoxious theater kids, which was a bit of a perfect storm. But The folks who watched it when they were not yet teens, they must have such a different view of the show and such different feelings associated with it. And I just think that's really interesting. What do you think? Do you find people have different views of the show based on what age they were when they watched it? Anyway, keep up the good work, you two. Bye. Cora, thank you so much for that question. Um, I obviously am in the generation that you are in, but so I, I, I cannot speak to like other people's experiences, but I definitely, from what I've noticed... I didn't know how cringy this show was for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was something that I like kind of grew into. And I, I think a lot of young people now are kind of skipping that step of like not knowing that it's cringy yeah. or like, so they just know immediately and they can like, they can like it that way and just skip that middle step of like the blindness, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yes. What do you think? Because they don't they they don't have the it's 2011 and the whole world is worshiping this show <laughs> yeah, blindness. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we're not trying to start an age a generation war, everyone. No. Um, I something that I have noticed is uh people who were younger when Glee aired and they started watching it like at that time, much fewer of them recognize the satirical aspects of the show. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this at length during our Bad Reputation episode, if, like, you want to hear more about it. But, like, I have seen a lot of people online say stuff about Glee where they're, like, talking about different plot points, and they're like, I just, like... I cannot believe that this show was serious. And it's, like, certain aspects 100% were... And, like, they did do ridiculous plot points that were 100% serious. Mm-hmm. But also, like, a lot of this stuff, the writers knew was ridiculous, and that's why they did it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I understand where you're coming from. 
But I also agree with you. While I do think that people who were older when the show came out got more of the satirical stuff, I also think that we... We also looked so dumb. Yeah, we also did not realize how many things in the show were like very embarrassing and bad. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas younger generations have had like a pretty clear view of (laughs) that from the get-go. Totally. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, because I think just like even now, like the information out there on anything is so accessible. So like... I'll even like meet young people who like, you know, some, some young people like skip their ugly phase cause they have like YouTube tutorials mm-hmm. on like how to do their hair. You know, I didn't have that, you know, yeah. I had to like go through the growing pains of it. And I find that with this show, a lot of young people, they just know, they know, they know that it's weird. Well, I like truly when I watched season one of Glee, when it was airing, could not see a flaw in no, it. No, not at all. I was like, this is a perfect season of television. Yeah. Hell. So there it is, Cora. Egg on our face. Thank you so much, Cora. Up next, we have a message from Madeline. Hello, beautiful people. I love this podcast so much. I found it on TikTok and I'm so happy I did because it's my favorite thing to listen to when I get ready for work in the morning. Your podcast has inspired me to rewatch Glee for the first time since high school and now through the eyes of a 25-year-old. And wow, yikes, which I both hate and love you for. Keep doing what you're doing. You're amazing. Thanks for the much-needed serotonin. I love Britney so much. As a closeted queer girl in high school, it was so amazing to see that representation on TV. Even though I don't know if the term bisexual is even officially stated, I know they say she is, quote, bi-curious, but I digress. Also, her 2010-2011 outfits are everything to me, even to this day. She looks like Adelia's catalog threw up on her, and I'm obsessed (laughs) with it. There's a trope, typically in a sci-fi genre, called Born Sexy Yesterday, where basically you have a female character who is very attractive and sexy, but has the intelligence and the attitudes of a young child, and so they must rely on the guidance of others, typically a man, the romantic lead protagonist. It's very much written for the male gaze, and it's just really gross, and reminds me a lot of how they write Britney. We're led to believe that she's this dumb, slutty cheerleader stereotype, but the way they portray her has always made me very uncomfortable because they give her these traits that a child would have, believing Santa is real, believing that babies are delivered by storks, believing that leprechauns exist and can grant wishes, believing that a magic comb will ensure they win a show choir competition. She literally does schoolwork in crayon. She's extremely gullible, impressionable, and doesn't seem to grasp anything academically. Spoiler alert. I know they retroactively try to make her a genius in later seasons or some bullshit. I don't care. What I find so troubling is you have this girl who is so childlike and yet is canonically sexually active and has sex with most of the guys at McKinley, but doesn't really seem to understand how sex works. And I cannot wait for you guys to get into the first time episode where it is so casually glossed over that Britney's first sexual experience was probably non-consensual at cheer camp. She literally calls it a, quote, alien invasion. Fucking yikes, you guys. Ryan Murphy, why are you sexualizing this girl with the brain of a child? Gross. I find Britney's character so tragic because, like, obviously there has been some trauma she has not been able to process, and she's so sweet and would do anything for people who she loves, and people are constantly calling her stupid, disrespecting her, and taking advantage of her, and it makes me fucking angry. Even Santana, her, quote, caretaker in later seasons, I'm referring to the Born Sexy Yesterday trope, we have seen actively deceive her so they can be together, and it's not fucking okay. Justice for Britney. Let me know your thoughts. Sorry this was long. I have a lot of feelings. All the love, Madeline, she, her, Baltimore. P.S. Lena, I love how you say, geez, Louise. <laughs> and I found myself also saying that because like Brittany, I am also extremely impressionable. I like Brittany. I'm also extremely impressionable too. Um, I like this take on it. I think um, I um, the Born Sexy Yesterday trope is... Something I know a little bit about, like, it's, like, like for example, like, some of the movies that that would fall into are, like, The Fifth Element yep. and, like, movies along that line. And it definitely is, I think, applies. Uh, and I think Glee sometimes. And I think the hard part is, is, like, Brittany is the character who is, who has all of, like, the straight, like, this like, the very outright funny lines. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of like throw things at her that they just want to say. And I think it ends up like 
piling onto this character. Because, like, the alien invasion, they probably just think that's funny, you know? But it piles on to to a character with, you know, feelings and thoughts. And it's hard. It's hard. Um, Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think it's very similar to what we've talked about with Sue, where we have said, like, Sue does a lot of very, like, just straight up evil things. And yet we laugh at them and don't take them seriously because Sue is not written seriously. Mm -hmm. And we have said, like, the the dilemma with Sue is if they humanize her too much, we now have to take all that seriously. Absolutely. And Brittany, when she was first introduced, is a dumb cheerleader who is just comedic relief. And so, like, Mm -hmm. her whole bit was that she would say stuff that was like very dumb and was like, where's your brain? Yeah, Yeah. And like, that was a whole joke. And then through the course of the show, they really humanize Brittany. They give her this relationship with Santana. I'm not saying any of this is bad. They like humanize her. They make her much more three-dimensional. But the consequence of that is now these like silly jokes that she says are being taken more seriously by us because she is now a full fleshed out person. Yes, yeah. And I think most of it, most of it is like, whatever, like she says random stuff all the time. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, specifically when she has jokes about sex, like when she thinks she's pregnant, cause there's a stork outside her window. I'm always like this character is like, we see her be sexually active and we're supposed to be like rooting for her mm-hmm. and Santana in this relationship and it is now canon that she doesn't know how a person gets pregnant. I am not comfortable with how sexually active she yeah, is. Yeah, totally. Complicated feelings, I would say. But I like I like that that thought. And I think it's definitely something to think something to think about going forward as well. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Thank you so much for that message. Up next we have a voicemail from Tori. Hi, my name's Tori. She her from Texas. I was calling to let y'all know just how much I love the podcast. I think it's great. I think y'all are hilarious. I think y'all are way too relatable. And that's probably part of the reason I love listening to it so much. You guys make my commute to work so much better. I was also calling because I wanted to ask y'all a random question. So you know how uh, they have those random background vocals during different scenes they're usually like do 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 or whatever well i vividly remember the background vocals when quinn was running after talking to zyces about finding that poster and that plays in my head every single time something bad is going on in my life so i was just curious if y'all guys had a background sound that y'all think of yeah love y'all bye for context, uh, this is a song that plays when Quinn runs down the hall. There it is. <laughs> so fun. All right, Lena, what is what is your your bad song? Okay, I don't, bad news song. Immediately, my mind went to a movie first, and then I went through the soundtrack, and I was like, "This is it." This is it. Every time something bad happens to me, I think of this song. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the movie Stick It? I've never even heard of oh, the movie Stick It. Oh my god, you would love it. It's about um, a bunch of teen gymnasts. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I love it so much. Um, um, and the woman who plays Sugar Mata is actually in that <gasps> movie. Yeah. What? You would love it. But... Um, Oh my gosh, I cannot even gush about that movie. Uh, oh my gosh, I could gush about that movie for a million years. But, so I went through the soundtrack, found this song. I love this song. I listen to this song a lot. Every time something bad happens to me, I think of this song. Um, crap. <laughs> okay, no, no, I remember it. Renegade by Sticks. Do you know that okay, song? Okay, I've heard that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, the jig is up, the mm-hmm. news is out, they mm-hmm. finally found mm-hmm. me. Oh my gosh. Every, oof. Like, I'm a wanted man. That's all. (laughs) Um, When bad things happen to me, uh, I just hear a garbage disposal. I don't have a song. No, I hear that. Um, But for the sake of this question, 
My favorite moment of like dramatic music with bad stuff happening is, of course, it has to be Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. Regina George standing at the top of the stairs and then the slow pan out is one of my favorite shots from any movie ever of everyone fighting and you just hear the drums playing. Mm -hmm. I love that scene. Love it. Um, So that's not what I hear because I don't hear anything. I just hear my brain lighting on fire. But I do think that scene is an amazing example. Of I hear this. that. I hear that. Well, hell yeah. Um, thank you so much for that question, Tori. Up next, oh, last but certainly not least, we have an email from Charlie. Hi, Lena and Ian. Charlie from Alabama. He, him, your resident Queen Bee Quinn steadfast defender. I've been waiting so long for y'all to get to this episode specifically to discuss the Quinn storyline. First, I feel pretty pretty slash unpretty not only has consistently been my highest played Glee cover, but unashamedly was my most played song of the 2010s on my (laughs) Spotify decade wrapped. Mostly, I wanted to provide some perspective on the Lucy Caboose of it all. Quinn in this season has devoted her entire personality to being prom queen. I see as a way to prove not to the student body, but to herself that she is still the person she was Mm. before she had Beth. So much of her life was taken from her when she became pregnant, i.e. kicked out, relationships, status, and by her winning prom queen, I see it as her fighting for the life she thought she wanted back and presenting herself to the student body as the perfect girl who made a mistake but can still be perfect. When the Lucy Kabuzi past is exposed, Quinn for the first time has to address the issue of not being able to run away from your past because in her mind, she would rather be known as the scandal head cheerleader that got pregnant but is still beautiful instead of her past as just another person without power. I also feel that this prom queen storyline ties together greatly with the rest of Quinn's journey throughout season three, which I'm so excited for y'all to discuss. I love you both so much, and I'm currently trying to arrange my work schedule to come see Pirates of Penzance this summer, Charlie. Charlie, are you kidding me? <laughs> you live in Alabama, Charlie. <laughs> oh, if you do come, yeah. let us know. Let us know. That would be absolutely insane. Definitely. Now that the world is opening up, if any of you ever like see us or anything, please say hello. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like, Charlie, you definitely don't have to. But also, let us know if you do. Yeah, but if you do. (laughs) But if you do, hey. Let us know. Let's hey. Um, I really like this take. I I don't think I have thought about it like that. Like, thinking of, like, pre-Quinn, pre-pregnancy Quinn versus post-pregnancy Quinn and her, like, trying to reclaim that. And then, like going too far back in her past and being like, nope, I'm still a person with power. Yes. I So I really like this take. Yeah. Charlie, very smart. I love this take. And I have read a lot of takes on Quinn online that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. My issue with Quinn is that, and like so much of like what people take away from the character is just like, absolute subtext that you have to piece together yourself like charlie everything you said i think is so smart and makes total sense but i think about five percent of it is actually present explicitly in the episode like i think the writers just wrote whatever they wanted for her and then us as viewers can really like and especially because diana agron i think does a really good job with the character performance rise Uh like we can find really interesting and exciting motivations i just wish the writers would have you know taken on that responsibility themselves instead (laughs) of being like okay fans it's your job to piece together all of her motivations in this show yeah i hate this show but that being said charlie i think what you piece together is very smart very smart very good well hell that was our mini sode you guys now it's time for the portion um, where we try and sing songs on keep. I don't know what's it called. I think that's what we should call a game. game. <laughs> it is the game of trying to sing songs on key, baby. Let's do it. All right. We got, I feel pretty slash unpretty. Um, I gotta be me somewhere only we know as if we never said goodbye and born this way. I think you sang first last week. Okay. So it's you. Yes. I have a very clear, I, I really want you to say one of these. And it's, I feel pretty slash I'm Thank pretty. You. Okay. But I'm not, I'm just kidding. I no! won't do it. You can okay, do it. Okay, perfect. Um, I, I feel, I have sung this song 
four performances before, and this song is I have very seen important you to you. Sing this song in a performance to before. Me. Thank you. It was thank good. You? you can say thank you. It was good. <laughs> I was like, thank you. He didn't give me a compliment. Okay. I think it's, I wish I could tie you up in my shoes, make you feel unpretty too. I was told I was beautiful, but what does that mean to you? Look into the mirror, who's inside there? The one with the long hair. Same old me again today. I hope you guys are playing along at home. My outsides are cool. My insides are blue. I think that's it. Okay, so you think the I wish is a B to an E. I wish. Let me find it. I totally didn't even pull this up. I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. I wish I could tie you up in you are a half step no! off. Three. It's a B flat to an E flat. Good night. Why do I suck so bad, you guys? You don't. I just bought perfect pitch. I don't have perfect pitch. Okay, I want you to sing Summer Only We Know. Okay, um, it's the Warblers. I walked across. I don't know the words of this song. Let me find them. Okay. I walked across an empty land. I knew the pathway like the back of my hand. I felt the earth beneath my feet. Stand by the river and it made me complete. Okay. Okay, I think I walked across is A flat to E flat to C. Okay, ready? That is way off. I'm a half step off too. We were both a half step. Not to like pray for your downfall, but shame, dishonor, dishonor on us, dishonor on our family, dishonor on our cow. Well, well, way to end on a sour note. God, it's brutal out here. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> well, love you guys so much. Go stream sour. Let's try and get Olivia Rodrigo to watch Glee finally. Let's get preferably on our podcast yes, with absolutely. us. Absolutely. Um, anyway. If well, you have thoughts about oh, yeah. that you want to send to us, you can uh, voicemail them to us at Recovering Gleek. No, at anchor.fm slash recovering leak. Mm-hmm. You can email them to us at recoveringleak at gmail.com. Our episode on rumors comes out on Wednesday. Get excited. Oh, All right. Um, farewell. Love you guys. Here is a mini consensual kiss on your forehead. Bye. See you later. Thank you for listening to Recovering Gleek. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at recoveringgleek underscore podcast. If you liked our podcast, be sure to leave a review. And tell your friends, please.